Hello everyone, welcome back. My name is Sabrina. This is The Exchange Podcast, and I know that it's been a little bit of time since I posted my last episode. I've been studying abroad in London, in the UK, and now that I'm back home in Toronto, I wanted to continue to post more episodes for this show. Um, So this is actually a new season of the show. I wanted to create a new season for 2024, and I'm really excited for the first episode of this season to be with the lovely Kayla Greaves. So a little bit about Kayla. She's an award-winning journalist, consultant, and speaker. Kayla has over a decade of experience in media, and she was previously the executive beauty editor at InStyle magazine. She's also held roles and been featured in Bustle, The Huffington Post, Teen Vogue, and Elle. Kayla's done a lot of really interesting work in the journalism space, and she's interviewed a wide array of talent. I have the list in front of me here. So she's interviewed the likes of Lupita Nyong'o, Naomi Campbell, Halle Berry, Viola Davis, Mary J. Blige, Kate Winslet, Dionne Warwick, Jennifer Lopez, and more, as if there could be more. And now she continues to write for various media platforms, she consults for beauty and wellness brands, and she's also a speaker, host, and moderator at several events and panels. In my conversation with Kayla, we got to speak about her trajectory in journalism, why representation matters, as well as how to build a personal brand that works for you. I'm really excited for you to listen to this conversation, and I'm even more excited to continue to post more episodes and share more conversations with you. They're coming out bi-weekly, so every two weeks. My next conversation is with a really amazing user experience designer in Los Angeles, and I'm really looking forward to that one coming out as well. But in the meantime, I hope that you really enjoy my conversation with Kayla. Kayla's really amazing, super inspirational, And I hope that you find as much value in this conversation as I did. Um, Thank you very much for listening. It's really not lost on me, the value of, you know, people taking time out of their day to listen to the things that I've been working on and the sort of chats that I've been having. And I'm really grateful that you're here. So thank you very much. If you want to stay up to date about all of the episodes as they're coming out, feel free to follow the Instagram account at the.exchange.podcast where I'll post about the episodes that are on the way and post about them as they're released as well so that you don't miss any of these conversations. Thank you very much for being here. Um, Yeah, I'm very excited for everything that's coming and I'm excited to share this conversation with you. So let's get into it. Hi, Kayla. Thank you so much for joining me. For anyone who doesn't know you, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. So my name is Kayla Graves. I've been working in media for about 10, well, over 10 years now, mainly focused on beauty and lifestyle content. So I think, you know, my whole thing when I started working in this industry is that I wanted to make it more inclusive for the girls that were coming up after me, because growing up, I didn't really see a lot of that. And it took me a long time to kind of feel good in my own skin. I wanted to go back to when you were at InStyle Magazine. Could you walk us through what your roles were at a high level and the kind of responsibilities that you had? So I started off as a senior beauty editor there, and then I became the executive beauty editor. And basically my roles were to run the beauty department, kind of figure out what what we want the section to look like, the type of stories we want to tell, the type of voice we want to have, what was important to us, what was our POV, and then also represent the brand outside of work. So speaking on panels, you know, or going to events and representing the brands and trying to, you know, just maintain those relationships with important advertisers. So you know, it was, it was a lot of different things. Also doing a lot of like video on air stuff. So it really just depended on the day, but every day was a little bit different. And how did you get into journalism? Because I know that it's not what you actually studied at university. Actually, ironically, I got into journalism kind of by mistake. 
actually studied communications and PR. I thought I was going to be a publicist and then writing opportunities kept coming to me. And yeah, it just kind of happened. (laughs) And then I ended up at HuffPost and from there I moved and I came to the States and I ended up at Bustle and then I ended up at InStyle. Do you feel like your background in communications and PR helped you in any way or gave you maybe a more unique perspective within journalism? Yeah, I mean, it made me see the other side of things. So like I understand the publicity side of it. I understand the communication side of it. And those two jobs kind of go hand in hand. So it really did help me become a journalist. But I think also I was always a journalist at heart. I remember one time I had sent over like either a communications plan or like a press release or something like that. And my professor wrote, you sound like a reporter, just go be a journalist. So (laughs) yeah, it's interesting how similar those areas actually are and how maybe the communications and PR side can actually parlay very well into journalism. Um, So it was great that your professor gave you that advice. I also wanted to talk to you a little bit more about your role previous to InStyle when you were at Bustle. I was wondering if those were fairly similar responsibilities or if the roles were quite different. I think with InStyle was different because I was running my department versus Bustle where I was, I was on the beauty team, but I wasn't at the, I wasn't at the head of the beauty team, but I worked with a fantastic manager over at Bustle. So I always had autonomy there and it was great. Bustle was my first kind of like bigger job in New York when I moved here. And it really gave me the legs I needed to kind of move on to InStyle. So it was a great experience. And I know that when you were at Bustle, you were managing a pool of freelancers. I was wondering what exactly is involved in this process of recruiting them. And then even more broadly, what publications are typically looking for in freelancers. So because I worked as as a features editor most of the people that I worked with were freelancers. So I'd have kind of a team of go-to people that I would work with constantly and I would help them develop features. Or if I had a package coming out, they would then submit features for that one. And I would just kind of manage the budget, making sure that everybody got paid on time, managing the invoices and all that kind of stuff. So I didn't have like an in-house staff, but I did have like a kind of a freelance staff, if that made sense. So I would say most of the time publications, I mean... I think a lot of the content now is based on search engine optimization. So they kind of want those like SEO keywords in there. That's the number one thing I think they're looking for oftentimes. But they also just want somebody with really clean copy who's able to meet deadlines and who's able to really communicate. Like I don't think any deadline is so urgent in this industry that you would have to, I don't know, make a big fuss if somebody's a little bit late getting something in. But it's more so about like just communicating that, hey, I need an extra day or two to get this done. Prior to working at InStyle and Bustle, I know that you were also a freelance writer yourself. I was wondering how your experience was different being a freelancer versus being employed by an actual magazine. Yeah, so I think at the time uh, I was in a different place in my career, but I did really enjoy freelance writing. It's You kind of get to work to your own pace in a little bit in some ways, and you get to write for a number of different publications, and you can say no to things, which is nice. When you're in-house, It's less, I find the more you go up, it's less about the writing and more about management and budgeting and those kinds of things, which I didn't necessarily enjoy. Like I want to still be able to be creative, but I think that's kind of, you know, it it just is a part of moving up in the corporate system. And on the topic of working at your own pace, having the freedom to say no to certain projects, I know that you're now a consultant for different brands. Um, I was wondering if you could share a little bit more about what's involved in being a consultant, as well as if you're drawing on any particular past experiences to consult others. Yeah, 
Absolutely. So I think with consulting, it does take a few years of experience to have that. Like I've been working in media for 10 years. So, and the majority of that has been in beauty. So I think, you know, I've kind of seen the market grow and change and fluctuate over time. So I can, I have a really good understanding of what consumers want, what consumers need, how the market has changed over time, what consumers are looking for in products, what they want in formulations, what the types of ingredients they're looking for, what they're not looking for, sustainability efforts and all those kinds of things. So when brands come to me, they're basically asking me, because I think when you when you work on the brand side, you're very much so stuck in the mindset, not necessarily stuck in the mindset, but like you are kind of, it's a little bit of a tunnel vision, right? Because you're surrounded by your own brand all the time. You don't really get to venture out and see what else is happening on the market. So for me, who kind of gets to experience you know, everything that's happening on the market. I'm seeing brands launch. I'm seeing brands release new products. I can give them a unique perspective on what the market looks like, what consumers are looking for in products. So then when they go to develop whatever it is that they're looking to put out, they kind of have a better stance on what they should focus on and where they should focus their efforts. I think the idea of consulting and being your own essentially agency is really attractive to a lot of people. And I think I have noticed a little bit more of a push in that direction, um, particularly in creative industries with people becoming consultants. I was wondering if you have any advice around pivoting into that. Like, how do you actually build out your network to be able to make that move? Is that something that you're doing alongside, for example, your role at InStyle, you know, building out those connections so that you're able to eventually make that move? Well, I think I already had the connection. I think naturally when you work in media, you have the connections with the brands and the PR teams just by working with them. And then I think you just, I just kind of let people know like, hey, I'm moving on from this position and I'm going to be available as a consultant as well. And then people just will kind of reach out to you. They kind of, I mean, as you naturally build a relationship with with people and brands, they kind of know what your areas of expertise are. And, you know, they'll come to you asking you for that in specific. I also wanted to talk to you a little bit more about personal branding, because I think that's something that you've done exceptionally well even in following you in the past few years on Instagram, I feel like you've really established yourself as being an expert in your field. Thank you. I was wondering if you were intentionally strategic about that and if you have any advice for someone who's looking to build their brand in a similar way. Absolutely. I think you need to, the thing with social media is people only know what you share. So I think the first thing when you're figuring out how you want your, what you want your brand to look like on social is to figure out what are you okay with people knowing about you. I'm a pretty private person personally. Like I don't put a lot of my personal life on the internet and that's just simply my choice. Some people choose to do it and they're fine with it. There's no right or wrong answer. I mostly frame my social identity around my work and what I do. But at the same time, like what I do is personal, right? Like beauty is very personal to me. You know, talking about issues that impact black women and other women of color is very personal to me. So that's always, you know, how I frame myself and how I try to go about what I do, my personal, my personal branding. And so for somebody who is looking to build out their personal brand, are there any actionable next steps that they should be taking? Do what feels authentic to you, honestly. Again, you choose what you share on social media and it doesn't, ha- you don't have to post things just because other people are posting it. If you don't feel comfortable saying or sharing something about your life, you don't have to post about it. And, you know, everybody's going to have an opinion on what you should post, what you shouldn't post, what you should say, what you shouldn't say. But at the end of the day, it's your page, it's your life, and it's your brand, and you have to do what feels authentic to you. So I would say follow that. Follow your own intuition. And I think personal branding also has a pretty close relationship with the kinds of opportunities and maybe the 
level of freedom that you can get and potentially choice of projects. I was wondering if this is something that you've experienced in your own career. Absolutely. I think it's so important. Like, I think, you know, going up the corporate ladder and working corporate jobs and kind of making a name for yourself is important. But at the same time, like you cannot just be your job. Like you have to be more than your job and you have to make sure that your relationships that you have and your personal brand and who you are as a person stands out separate from your job. So let's say, for example, like me, you decide one day you want to leave that and move on and be freelance and do something else. You have your own personal brand that stands strong, regardless of a job title. You know what your capabilities are outside of just, you know, your job description or whatever the case is. So I think it's very important for those people that want to branch out outside of work. Again, like the freelance life is not for everybody. It's not something that everybody will want to do. You know, it's an adjustment, but if it's something you want to do, I think it's super important to make sure that you have, you know, a presence outside of just your regular nine to five. I think that having a personal brand and having a strong presence also ties quite nicely to the idea of mentorship, because by allowing yourself to be seen and to be reputable in a space, I think that that can draw more people to your story and allow them to be inspired by what you're doing. I was wondering if you had any mentors in your career that you feel have really informed who you are now. Absolutely. I think it's so important to have mentors. I mean, I won't call them out personally because I don't know if they want their name on a podcast or not, but I've had several mentors. I've had really amazing managers. I've also had really horrible managers. And I think that too is a learning of how to not behave and how to not act and how to not treat people. And there's definitely been people who have connected me with some amazing people that have led to future opportunities who have at least, you know, put my foot in the door somewhere, put in a good word for me somewhere. And and as I've come to my career, it's, you know, helped me tremendously. But I think mentorship is important. And I think Like any relationship, mentorship is something that grows organically. I think you may meet somebody at a workplace or wherever you may meet them. And you guys naturally just kind of connect and, you know, they kind of help guide you through your career and you're able to provide them with something also. But I think for sure, anybody who's coming up in the industry, it is important to look for mentorship. Don't necessarily seek it out. You can't really go to somebody and be like, can you be my mentor? But if you kind of have a natural connection with that person, I think that's like a thing that can kind of grow organically and it's very helpful. And for you, I mean, obviously with a communications and PR background, I'm sure that there were ample different pathways that you could have pursued. I'm curious to know why you feel called to this type of work specifically. I love storytelling. I love having conversations with people. I love learning. And not everybody, I've come to realize like the the ability to tell stories really is a skill. Like not everybody knows how to do that. And not everybody feels comfortable doing it in a way. And I think that I've I just really enjoy sharing people's stories with the world and yeah, it just, it feels, it feels good to be of service to people in this way. And how did you maybe narrow your focus to the fashion and beauty journalism specifically? Yeah, I think it was intentional. It was intentional, but not in the way that I thought it was going to be. So when I was young, I really was excluded from a lot of spaces because I didn't fit into this like white skinny blonde girl notion of beauty so I was often excluded and it was like you know when you're a black girl you're made to feel like everything about you and your natural state is wrong and this was way back in the day before you know we had any type of representation and so it was intentional for me in the sense of I went into this thinking like I have to make sure that the girls that come up after me don't feel like they can't see themselves in media. Like that's really what I feel like my job is. And because I didn't see people 
that could affirm me or anything like that when I was young and I was still trying to figure out who I was, it took me a long time to be comfortable in my own skin. If you don't see yourself depicted in different ways and in positive ways, it's hard to see yourself as that a lot of the time. Your purpose and your reason for doing your work is so inspiring to me, and I'm sure that it'll continue to inspire and resonate with a lot of people. The last question that I want to ask you is how can listeners support you and your work? Thank you. Okay, so you can follow me on Instagram at Kayla A. Greaves, add me on LinkedIn, and just read, share. I mean, I do so many different things now. Of course, I'm still writing, but I'm also, as I mentioned before, consulting, speaking, moderating, kind of just doing it all now. So any type of support is, you know, much appreciated. Thank you so much for joining me, Kayla. It's been a real pleasure. I've been so grateful to learn more about you and your story. Of course. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that conversation, please be sure to leave a review and stay tuned for the next episode.